0: hello friends and welcome to episode number 225 of bat flips and maple dips it's patrick here in halifax nova scotia he's justin in saskatoon saskatchewan justin i just want to get right into baseball because today's the day my friend baseball today's the day it sure is pitchers and catchers are reporting it is that day for the toronto blue jays You've probably seen some videos where you've seen other players uh, arrived beforehand. They're all the ones that are playing in the World Baseball Classic, or they're the ones that are injured, trying to get some extra rehab, or they're uh, guys who just wanted to report <laughs> early. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but everybody has to report by the 16th. So yeah, mm, the exception may be and Alejandro. Going, yeah. Yes, and the exception may be Alejandro Kirk. I don't know... If he is still waiting for the birth of his child. He is. Yeah. So he's probably not there. Nope. Um, but that's not totally yet. fine. He has a very reasonable excuse. Yeah. So there you go.
1: And we will, Life We before will baseball. gladly wait for him because we want him to have as much dad strength as possible this season.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, Danny Jansen's already there. I mean. Yeah. We good. That's Danny 850 OPS in 2022 Jansen. Danny Bonds. But, that's a land, a long fucking middle name. But anyway, <laughs> I want to get right into the news. So I don't have a preamble. Do you have a preamble that you felt a burning need to express? Nope. Well, good enough then. If you like <laughs> what we do, Twitter is at BFMD podcast. Go ahead or DM or tweet us your questions. I don't use Twitter, so I'll never see them uh we're on anchor apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts website bfmdpodcast.com thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode as always please feel free to live oh my gosh justin i don't know what's going on with me today i'm flubbing my words
1: long weekend syndrome coming in hot
0: yeah i know four day weekend what what anyway go ahead and leave us a review of five stars um there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about. We are going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. So let's get into the Jays news first. And whatever time we have left, we will dedicate towards talking about the least interesting international tournament among major professional <laughs> sports. Justin, take it
1: away. I don't know. I'd still rank it above the World Hockey Championship for me.
0: but Very strong disagree for me, but we'll save it. <laughs> That's
1: today is not the time uh we'll save it for off the mic we can argue about it later yeah so getting into this, the news i was able to pull a bunch of things from twitter from my athletic subscription from everywhere else sportsnet.ca whatever it may, may be just uh some tidbits from around the blue jays camp and around baseball um Shai davidi was and a few other beat reporters have been talking to kevin gosman uh, this actually this afternoon Because MLB has said they're going to be cracking down a bit more on box this year, especially with the pitch timer. So there's a rule coming in this season. So the pitcher's responsibility here. We know the pitcher must begin his pitching motion before the pitch clock expires. But the most interesting detail to emerge from a a meeting that was held on Tuesday this week is that MLB is going to be more strictly enforcing box uh, in conjunction with the arrival of this pitch timer. The reason is that in order to enforce the timer, the umpire on field and the timer operator need a clear indication of when the pitch has begun. So one of the MLB officials said when the pitcher is bouncing on his foot, it's not clear when you've begun your pitch delivery. So think about Kevin Gosman, how he kind of bounces his heel up and down a little bit. So in the windup, pitchers are allowed to take one step back and one step forward at the start of their delivery and no more. The clock is going to start when the pitcher steps back or to the side if they're throwing from the stretch or picking off somebody at first base. From the stretch, players are still able to tap their foot prior to delivery of the pitch, but they must come to a complete stop with their feet set at some point. The clock is going to stop when the pitcher lifts their leg to be uh, after assuming and holding the set position. So when they begin their delivery, that's when the clock is going to stop. So Gosman is still going to be able to do his toe tap, but he's going to have to make sure that he comes to a complete pause before that pitch clock expires, and then begins his delivery. So there's going to be some things there. Uh, he talked about today. He says uh, uh, he says the umpires will definitely be watching me a bit closer than normal. But he says uh, he understands that the rule is in place for a reason. He says it just sucks when you are one of the guys on the list. But he said he's going to use the timing here and sp- or the time here in spring training to really just figure this out and make sure that he's not having any uh, issues with timing and during his delivery so not a huge deal but just something to watch for another pitcher who was noted patrick before i let you chime in was uh luis garcia from the astros who kind of does like a they call it the yeah, rock by yeah, baby yeah. delivery yeah. Um, and he was a guy who was cited in this too he's gonna have some issues and maybe even guys like uh, nestor cortez and marcus stroman who like to do the the funky back the and leg. forth or the johnny cuados you know who kind of have that weird delay in their pitching motion, but that's all probably gonna be fine, but I'm sure maybe we just might not see as much of that anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I mean is is Gossman going to the WBC?
1: No, I don't believe so. Alright. I didn't see him on a roster.
0: I feel like this is something you would think that they would be able to make this adjustment easily, but I I I, I actually think it's the opposite. It's a little Tick or something that he does that will take time to to work on. So I'm kind of yeah. glad he's not going to the World Baseball Classic that's, because and that's why MLB announced
1: this rule now and it has changed now and they did is because they want yeah to give these guys the full whatever, six weeks of spring to um to adjust it's, to this. I'm it's a little at the Team USA roster and he's not on there, so
0: yeah, it's a little odd. I'll say though. For him to say, like, I accept the rule, it just sucks that I'm being affected by it. And it's like, well, the rules are the rules are the rules uh mr gossman no you... he's
1: he's not saying that it sucks that he's offended by. he just says it sucks when you when you're one of the guys that's kind of cited as a reason for the rule that's all he's saying he's not saying okay that i
0: read it reasonable. i i read it differently yeah, then no, i read it as no. like well i'm on this list no he said he understands.
1: yeah it says he understands yeah. why they're doing it he just says just sucks that when they when you're one of the guys they get called out kind of thing <laughs>
0: Well, that's okay. kind of what I mean. It's like it kind of feels like he, it's it's not about mm-hmm. him. It's about having a consistent rule across yeah. the board. Yeah, but and he would just happened. It, no, I, I. That's why I said I think I misinterpreted. It's hard to mm-hmm. read when you're reading a quote. Yeah, it's one thing. If I'd seen the interview, I wouldn't think that. No, fair but enough. But it was no. it was odd to me to read the quote and then be like, "It's weird for someone so chill to be to flip it back on him." But I guess. <laughs> Now it makes sense, now that you've sort of explained it. Yeah. It's kind of odd, but still, uh, it's an adjustment that the, a lot of these uh, premier pitchers will have to mm-hmm. be aware of. Otherwise, uh, it's a balk, and that's nobody wants that. That's really bad. Yeah, especially uh, when
1: you've got runners on base, but uh... – yeah, yeah, also from that interview with Gosman, this is also from Shy, he said that uh, pitchers are actually going to have the option, Patrick, to wear pitch comm transmitters themselves to call pitches from the mound instead of like waiting for the catcher to signal. Um, Gosman himself said he's going to go just go with the catcher. He said some guys might benefit from it. Chris Bassett throws 10 pitches. He probably needs two of them. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting that the, the Jays are actually going to decide... Um, john schneider said the jays are going to kind of decide during spring training if any of their pitchers are going to want to wear their own pitch comm device i'd be i'd be pretty surprised if any pitchers end up doing this i feel like most pitchers around baseball i'd say nine out of ten or even more would just defer to the catcher in most situations and they'll just shake off if they don't want to throw that pitch it kind of seems like too much to focus on if you're trying to call your own pitches out there i think it'll be the making the pitch
0: I think it'll be the norm within twenty years. Like I think the next generation of pitchers will do it, really? but anybody who is in any of the the minor leagues or major leagues right now, I don't think is going to really yeah. have to do it because it's a distraction.
1: Yeah, that's the thing for me is I don't see a lot of pitchers doing it ever because
0: it's like they're ever. when
1: they have the ball on the mound, they're especially those runners on base, they're making sure that nobody's doing weird stuff they're kind of focused more on on that and on making the pitch that's called rather than thinking about what pitch to throw okay that's in my experience but so it, it'll be yeah but i understand what you're saying though yeah if this if the pitch comp starts getting used more at lower levels and even in like say minor minor ball within like say 18 under or something like that and once it, if it gets yeah. that advanced then i could, it see, strikes what, I could see your point
0: it strikes me as something. It's like the guys. It's like when they introduced helmets in hockey. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. It yeah. took it took a, about a decade and a half, before, maybe a little before. bit more, yeah. for players like regular skaters to fully adopt the helmet. Now some some players uh, adopted it sooner than others. Yeah. Uh, in the late sixties and early seventies, like Butch Goring. For the mm-hmm. Islanders, for example, he wore that ugly-ass helmet uh, way back in the late 60s, early 70s, or, or late 70s, whatever it was. And then Craig McTavish was the last player to wear a helmet, and that was 1995. Yeah. But now everybody wears the helmet. Here's There's no your, grandfathering of it.
1: Your regularly scheduled hockey history minute with Patrick Marsh.
0: Well, no, just the, <laughs> the point that I'm no. getting at is that it's, it's something that— some, pe- some guys will have the ability to adapt it without changing much of their game. Some yeah. guys will embrace it. They'll represent the extreme minority of pitchers. Yeah. But then I... within 20 years, I would expect that it would be the norm because it gives you such a huge advantage <laughs> if you are used to using it. Right. I-, I just don't see why you would want to even leave anything up to chance as far as communication. Yeah, uh, or then, having a miscommunication.
1: I mean, we saw um, pretty much everybody in baseball using the pitch comp by the end of last season in its first in its first season of use. So it wasn't like it it's, took a long time to adopt. Yeah. It in that sense, from the catcher's side of view or catcher's point. The of
0: pitcher way. side, I feel like it'll throw off your mechanics though, because even though it's yeah. it's like wearing a Fitbit, right? Or I'm assuming yeah. it's a little bit. Probably I'm a little not bit even bigger sure how that. they
1: would. Where where they would stick it for the pitchers because the catcher the it on top of their knee pad. You know, it's it'd be interesting to see what the device would look like on the pitching side of, of things. It would
0: be if it's anywhere on either of their arms. That's a major or their glove. It's a major. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. It could like just go falling off. You know, yeah. It's hard to say, but yeah, it'll be interesting to I, see if anyone I, starts using it. I'm not too worried about it, it myself. Yeah. Um. Going to Keegan Matheson now, friend of the show. Uh, Mitch White, this offseason Patrick, had a shoulder impingement in his right shoulder. He's passed it now, but it delayed his buildup to his starter's workload. It's still White versus Kikuchi for the number five job, uh, but that lack of buildup compared to Kikuchi will be an early factor, so we might not see White uh, going more than an inning or something in his first couple outings. Uh, ben Wagner, also on Kikuchi here, says, one of the most important pitchers in camp this spring – Kikuchi draws an early crowd. Last year, he started working on a curveball, and it's been on display a lot lately. I think he actually used to throw a curve like in the 2019 season, so it's not something entirely new. But it's not something that we've seen at all uh, with from Yusuke Kikuchi, and it'll be interesting to see if the addition of a that's like technically be a fourth pitch, I believe, for him at this point would be beneficial, and if it's actually a good curveball or not. So something though, something worth noting, though.
0: Yeah, he does. Well, he's got the fastball, he's got the slider, he's got yeah, the okay. changeup and the cutter which he he pretty much yeah. dropped. Yeah, uh, so very early through the season last year.
1: Yeah, last year he only threw what 99 pitches classified as cutters. Um the last time his changeup was ball,
0: Yeah, his changeup yeah, was the change good, up was, was, was about
1: 250. The four-seamer and the slider were his most, the most used pitches. And they were also um, the ones that got
0: tagged the worst. Yeah, he
1: hasn't thrown the curveball since 2019. He threw over 400 of them that season. So it's not, not a new pitch for him, but something he hasn't used in the past three seasons. So interesting to see uh, if it comes out in spring games and how it looks. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, he also has a beard right now, so that's he's a new-look oh, new guy all around. Yeah, yeah. I've I made it... I joked on uh, twitter that the beard adds plus 25 to his command so good let me ask you that. a
0: question before we move on from kikuchi now yeah. i'm looking at his uh numbers from 2019 versus his numbers now his k mm-hmm. rate has gone up every year since 2019 but so his walk rate's been like up and down i mean obviously yeah. it was a career worse last year would you rather a Yusei Kikuchi that strikes out guys 16% of the time, but only walks 6.9% of the time, or would you rather a Yusei Kikuchi who strikes out 27.3% of the time but walks 12.8%?
1: Hmm. Based on based on just those two numbers alone, not the rest of his stats. Yeah, yeah, I would I would take I would take the higher strikeouts. I think in this in this day and age.
0: Yeah. See, he started messing with his slider last year. Like he was throwing the mm-hmm. like the hybrid or whatever you the want to slider. call it. I, <laughs> they were calling it. I don't. I don't like that, but I also. <laughs> I think I, it's hilarious. It's it's very honestly. funny. Yeah. Um, I just found his fastball. for whatever reason last year was just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was fast. He has an a an above average fastball, uh, an above average fastball spin. And he has, like, upper percentile extension, but for whatever reason, guys just knew when it was coming. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: And it just, it and it smoked the zone, and that was, I think, what guys were were keying in on. The slider was pounded because it wasn't really sliding, (laughs) if you look at the numbers. uh, He threw the slider 30.7% of the time in an overwhelming majority of those were like dead center, which is not really idea- ideal for like, like you want a slider to be on the corners, not, uh you know, right dead center. Cause that's usually why the ball travels 400 plus feet. Uh, but I mean, I don't have to tell you and I don't have to tell our fans, but you can look at the metrics and see yeah. that. And it's change up. Was probably his his best pitch last year. Um, I'd be interested to see what he does if he if he brings back the curveball. Obviously, he's going to drop the cutter because it's one of the worst pitches in baseball. Cutter, I but yeah, we'll see. We'll see cutter. what he's doing this spring. We can't. So really everybody should drop the cutter unless it. you have the best cutter in baseball. You should drop the cutter because it's it's. I don't know. It just seems like a pointless pitch now because like guys can crush it and that's Patrick what they did his to his
1: crusade against the cutter it's a dead pitch to me <laughs> fair enough uh um, back, back, <laughs> back into it here uh this is from shy again he says this is from john schneider a quote says i love what i've seen out of you say so far he's made some small tweaks with his arm path and spent a lot of time in the offseason working on it so there we go. Everyone's uh, – it's, it's best best shape of their life season once again. And also really love what I've seen from guys so far. That's that's like some quotes you always hear in spring training. From Hazel May. I, oh, go ahead.
0: One more thing about Yusei Kikuchi, and then I'll drop it. <laughs> Will you? One thing <laughs> – and it's not a criticism. It's actually something that I love about Yusei Kikuchi, and I, that, this is why I wanted him. Nobody – has ever questioned uh this gentleman's work ethic no this guy busts his ass he did everything he could to try to save his season last year and he just didn't have it and he's aware he's aware of that he's not sticking his head in the sand he's not trying to hide from it he was definitely really aware of it and the fact that he has been busting his ass the entire offseason and now uh, making these little adjustments and Schneider pointing them out. I actually feel better about Kikuchi now than what I did at the beginning of last year before he threw a pitch. Because we've seen how bad it can get. We haven't seen really an, uh, the the best of Yusei Kikuchi, the stuff that we saw yeah. in 2021 before the All-Star break, which where he was one of the most effective uh middle rotation guys in baseball and kept seattle in
1: it this is the first normal spring training since 2019 yeah no covid restrictions or lockouts so i've said it many times before on this podcast kikuchi did not get a full spring training with the blue jays because he was signed part way through and there was also the lockout so it was just really the perfect storm for them not really knowing what they were getting and they've had all winter to work with them and from what it sounds like they've made some changes yeah so hopefully the results in the spring show dividends from that um moving on patrick uh the blue jays had a nine time gold glove winner playing first base in some drills today That was a new bench coach, Don Mattingly. (laughs) Oh, oh, you got me. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. So he was working with Vladdy on first base defense. Uh, Hazel said they were working on a lot of pickoff drills, a lot of scooping balls. Um, Apparently, Mattingly's liked what he's seen from Vladdy so far. And obviously, Vladdy won a gold glove last year. So one of the big reasons the Blue Jays wanted to bring Mattingly in was to work with Vladdy at first base. And I mean, when you bring in a nine-time gold glove winner, and an MVP winner in Mattingly, you've got a guy who can definitely help out a guy in Vladi. So that's nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, worth pointing out too that uh, Mattingly had a career batting average of three oh seven across his career, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. He's a great uh, baseball two, player, Donnie Baseball. 2,153 uh, hits, 222 home runs, 1,099 RBIs. Not a great record as a manager, but he also managed – Uh, miami marlins team that was yeah uh not not very good (laughs) um but mattingly himself was also a silver slugger and a gold glove winner yep uh and uh an american league mvp in 1985 the year before i was born so he brings a pedigree uh to the organization uh, on the bench which I, i felt like it was something we haven't seen for a little while like i can't remember yeah. the last time we had a, like, this uh, prominent a bench coach
1: this is the coaching equivalent of like bringing in a george springer like you bring in a veteran you know like you bring in a guy who's been around a lot of winning teams both as a player and a coach um, i arena. feel like
0: it's so, it's almost like yeah. an over correction to me it's kind of like you're bringing in uh like a head coach wh- who's had success to like run your power play Mm, in hockey or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, It's like an overcorrection, but that's the thing is like John Schneider, uh, relatively inexperienced at the MLB level, plenty of minor league experience, but Don Mattingly adds a a level of uh, veteran leadership like you indicated, but also like he's had success. I know I poo-pooed his record. Uh, I was eight eighty nine to nine fifty as a manager, but he was also on some teams uh with Miami. Uh he was a manager from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty two that didn't do jack shit and he was manager in LA before that from twenty eleven to twenty fifteen. And I don't think they yeah. did jack shit either. They're I not think much they either. Yeah.
1: Anyway. <laughs> uh george springer patrick is healthy again he had surgery to remove a bone spur from his right elbow this season that's what was plaguing him all last year he began baseball activities right after the beginning of the new year he says he feels great and he's excited about just being healthy his, his quote says i'm in a good spot and i'm very very happy that was from a chat with hazel so it's nice to see uh that uh caitlin mcgrath wrote a great article on this on the athletic as well I uh, actually talked about how George after his surgery when he went back for his like follow-up consultation He actually watched kind of the video of the of the surgery itself just to see kind of what was removed And he said he understands now why it was so painful And I guess there were times He said it was kind of just one of those things where some days the like on a 1 to 10 scale The pain would just it would start the day at a 1 and all of a sudden just flare up to a 10 Other days it would start at a 10 and just go to a 1 So he said he just really had no idea how every day was going to feel so it's just one of those injuries that he could have dealt with during the season and probably missed about a month. But uh, John Schneider said that George didn't want to miss any games because he knew that the team was better with him, even at like 75 or 80% than it would have been without him. So he just fought through it, which is a ton of respect for me. So uh, I'm glad he's yeah. healthy. And I mean... So there's no ill effects from the collision with Bo as well. He had a separate or a sprained shoulder, I think it was, and a concussion from it. But uh, everything's a okay there now. So hopefully it's a uh, a full season of the summer of George.
0: I love George Springer. This is one Me of my too. favorite free agent signings we've ever we've ever made. Yeah. Do you um, think because he goes like we've got him this year, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026. So we still have four years. Of the George Springer show here, by the time okay. he's thirty six, he'll definitely be in right field, for sure. Well, he's already there this year. Yeah. Well, I, well, I just mean like we'll pro- he probably will see some time in center this year. Yeah, it's, yeah, he'll he'll see a little bit probably, but I
1: mean but, he's got three guys on your in your outfield who can all play center now, so
0: which is great. And we didn't have that before.
1: That's a fourth option. So
0: yeah, it's just. Do you think that uh, he'll retire, Jay? Do you think he'll stick around?
1: It's possible. I mean, if he's if he's still producing at a high enough level when he turns when he, when this contract is close to the end, they might look to extend him again. He's he's a guy who seems to just love playing baseball. He's always smiling. He's always having a good time for a guy who's, what, 32 already. I mean, he's he, he fits in with the young kids on the team. And he's the, 33. He'll
0: turn yeah, 34 this, exactly. this year. So exactly. Yeah,
1: he, he fits in with the young guys on the team. Uh, in terms of he likes to have fun, Hazel had posted a video of him uh, grooving to Cool in the gang today, uh, during stretching. Oh my so, god! Yeah, <laughs> he was getting down on it. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, I I like George. I love George Springer. I think like like he said, and he's he knows that knows the team is better with him in the lineup. He didn't want to let the team down by missing time during the season when he could have been playing through the injury that he did play through. So I mean, it's yeah i i hope that i would love to see what a fully healthy george Springer can do over a full season because we just haven't seen it yet so yeah hopefully this is the year
0: i heard uh i heard a rumor that uh the ryu is doing good yeah tell me yeah about rob that?
1: longley said that uh john schneider tells him that his Ryu's recovery is on schedule, and if he's able Love to that. return in the late season, John Schneider would slot him right into the rotation. So, hell um, yeah, yeah. I mean, awesome. you could you could see a late July, early August return for Ryu. I think would be the optimistic. That's crazy uh, viewpoint. I mean, he that's did crazy. go down, wasn't it? In, like in May or something of last year, when he finally yeah, it was to it was job. awful.
0: It was awful. Yeah, it was awful to see that happen, especially a guy so passionate about yeah. wanting to be and on a good this team. Too, so, yeah. oh my god, an incredible teammate. Yeah.
1: Yep. Him and Alec Manoa are like basically brothers now. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that.
1: The big puma. It's it's been great watching uh, every every video that's been posted from the beat writers of. Kind of side sessions. Alec Manoa is always lurking in the background watching everybody throw. So he's he's oh so he God, just yeah. wants to he wants to soak up as much knowledge as he can. And he's, he's always his shirt is always just soaked through his sweat, too. So you know, he's been working hard. So, um, yeah, I love that kid, too. We'll we'll talk more about him as the spring goes along. A couple more notes here before we get to the WBC, Patrick. Um, John Schneider says that the Blue Jays plan to be more aggressive on the bases this year, which I didn't think was possible because after he took over last year, they seem to be really stretching out the like the first to third on singles game they tried to steal a little bit more they hit and ran more than they ever did in the past. Um, Schneider says that uh, with the larger bases, the Blue Jays expect to use that to the advantage. the quote we definitely have personnel that can do that. so it's something I've always liked not just stealing bases but being aggressive first to third, first to home, second to home. those are the things we're going to be focusing on. so look for the Blue Jays to be kind of uber aggressive. And, I mean, they, they don't have a ton of... I wouldn't say they have a ton of, like, lightning speed outside of guys like no. Vosho. Springer's pretty quick. Bichette's got wheels. Cavan's got wheels. Jano runs really well for a catcher. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they've got... And Kiermaier's a good base runner, too. Not a great base stealer, but a good base runner. And Chappie's also pretty good at that. But they've got a lot of guys who are high baseball IQ. They know when to push the envelope. So, I think you're going to see a lot more... Um, green lights for guys whether it's stealing or just being aggressive out there so we'll see how that pays We're off gonna the see spring. a lot of
0: a lot of windmilling happening uh, as they round third base there could be some toot blands out
1: there as well which we we don't like to see but are always using no. at the same time uh <laughs> last thing that i want our last last few things here Uh, Rob Longley again says he was watching Jordan Romano. He says watching Jordan Romano throw up close is a thing. Blue Jays closer told me his fastball is already at 95 and yes the calendar is only at February 16th. Romano says I'm feeling good with a a grin. He passed me WBC with Italy Patrick because he wanted to be more ready for the season. Uh, I believe Italy is I think they're playing. Where are they playing in Taiwan? So we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get we'll talk there. About so Italy. That, understandable because he'd have to play. He have to adjust the time zones and then come back. Would just be a thing. Uh, Alec Manoa also passed on Team USA so that he could focus more on the Blue Jays. The quote from him was something like, uh, "I want to make sure that those 20 innings go towards like this team late in the season." He yeah, yeah. Give up any of his innings to anybody but the Blue Jays. So respect to him for that. And everybody, Patrick, on the Blue Jays beat, is saying that Danny Jansen looks stronger. Uh, stronger. Was wa- he's already every- <laughs> strong. Everyone was watching his BP sessions and said the balls were like he was hitting rockets. So Danny's definitely hitting seventy-five bombs this year. Uh, Danny Bonds is in full full effect. He's gonna. He's Danny Jansen MVP. You heard it right here first. <laughs>
0: uh, we. It. I mean. You know me, and I know you. We could I do a whole fucking episode speculating on Danny Jansen and what this season's going to be like. I love as
1: much as I love Mike Trout. Mike Trout.
0: I think I love Danny Jansen more than I love Mike Trout because Mike of what Danny Andy Jansen means this year, to this the team. Uh, Mike
1: Trout said that he's going to do everything in his power to make sure Shohei Otani re-signs with the Angels next offseason. So well, Trout's going to have to hit 150 dingers this year to make sure that yeah, the Angels make the playoffs. The so Mike Trout. Danny Jansen.
0: What an... Unbelievable season for Danny Jansen last year, finishing off with an OPS of 855. It's his best of his career, Uh, an injury-plagued season, uh, but he still managed to make the most of it. Career high in home runs, uh, career high in RBIs. Uh, The walks were back up. The Ks were down significantly from his uh, career average. His batting average was up about forty points, yeah. uh, as was his OBP, as was his slug. It was just—he this
1: was the guy we thought we were getting when he was a prospect.
0: Yeah, in seventy-two games, he had uh, two point six F war. That's crazy. Yep, we, had, we have the best. <laughs> we have the best catching duo in baseball, and nobody can convince me otherwise. I'm not saying this is yeah what we saw last year is going to be the norm for Danny Jansen. But I think I am going to say that. Uh, oh, that's, the, think, that's his
1: floor, Patrick. Come on. That's his, <laughs> that's his floor now.
0: Uh, that's the expectation. But, I mean, if we can get, you know, 80, 90 games uh, mm. out of him, well, we'll get more than 72 for sure. Yep. I'd love to see 100 games from him. And I think in 100 games, given that he hit 15 home runs in, in 72 games, I'd like to see him crack 20, 25. Uh, and then Alejandro Kirk, obviously – is a threat for 30. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. That's pretty sick from your catcher.
1: Indeed. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the latest from the Blue Jays' beat at spring as camp is open. Lots of players are around. Uh, Bo's down there already. Vladdy's obviously there. We talked about him and, and Mattingly playing. Chappie showed up. Kiermaier's there. Um. Yeah, a lot of the regulars are already kicking around, but the rest of the team will report in a few days. And I believe the first team workout is either the twentieth, the twenty-first. The first That's full. The team twenty. Workout. The
0: deadline is the twentieth. Yeah, and but then again... we
1: are we are nine days away from the first preseason game, so we got Grapefruit League action next weekend, which will be fun.
0: I'm Ball's back, baby. pretty excited, and we know that a lot of those games are going to be on sportsnet all of, all of the home
1: games yep yeah, will be televised so we don't have the, to get mlb
0: tv which is great
1: yeah it wasn't gonna do that anyway
0: <laughs> nope even although they did add, add in a very interesting uh, option for you to watch the minor league games for the teams but there are still blackouts so oh yeah of course all of that yeah we're, going we're with sportsnet. gonna deal
1: with that sportsnet now is the way to go unfortunately
0: is it time Can we talk? It's time for WBC, Patrick. Take it away,
1: buddy. I know this is you want to talk about this the most.
0: (laughs) I do, and we're not. We're going to spend a majority of our remaining time here talking about Team Canada. Yeah. But for now, I just want to say this is. I I'm going to double down. This is the least interesting international event because baseball is probably the least popular amongst all the major sports internationally aside from i guess football football is kind of a uniquely american thing um but yeah it's kind of it's weird because you see a lot of teams that you like you're these countries they usually they're good at soccer but you don't see a lot you don't see i don't know you you don't see australia doing a lot anywhere other than soccer right maybe swimming
1: They're a big cricket country. Cr- oh,
0: really? Cricket. Okay. All right. I'll give yeah. credit. and, and rugby
1: cricket. too. You could throw them in the rugby ranks. And, you Aussie know, what's rules, interesting about is awesome.
0: cricket is that cricket is, shares some of its DNA with uh, with baseball. It sure does. So they both throw
1: balls and hit balls and catch balls. Yeah.
0: So there there is some <laughs> there is something there. I don't know what it is, but there is a bit of a connection. Yeah. Um, and Australia will be there. Uh, but we'll go very quickly through all the fields. There are four pools total, each with five teams. I believe everybody plays everybody once. Correct. And that's it? That's kind of shitty, but all right. Yeah, it's round uh,
1: robin in your pool and the top two move on.
0: Yeah, so you've got uh, in pool A, you've got the ho- uh, the host team, Chinese Taipei, uh, the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. And then they're up playing other games in Taichung. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you've got hosts japan they're going to to uh, play host to south korea australia china and the czech republic that's really Mm -hmm. unfortunate for the czechs because (laughs) they're (laughs) they're the only team that's not in that time zone uh in fact they're pretty much halfway across the world Mm -hmm. that really sucks for them but uh i don't think the czechs are known for their baseball so
1: i didn't realize they were in this tournament until just now so
0: well there you go so they play their games in tokyo
1: Nice. are they playing at the the tokyo dome
0: i don't know i hope they are though uh pool c uh consists of the host uh the united states uh you've got mexico Colombia, canada and great britain i guess great britain uh unfortunate for them i i don't quite understand Okay, well, just the way they organize this seems really stupid. It's just like some of, what there's one team in every single group that has to travel halfway across. Yeah, the Yeah, it's just kind of doesn't make way sense. It goes. Yeah, it's like why not, why wouldn't Panama teams, be in the right. the one with Puerto Rico and Venezuela and Dominica? It's there's really not dumb. Anyway,
1: teams for uh, like a European division because they'd only have the Netherlands, the Czechs, the Brits, and Italy. That's there's only four. I guess they could done. You Israel could throw Israel, Israel is yeah. they I mean, could have done that. And then the latin america is,
0: is, they could have done that too
1: yeah you've got you'd have two Stupid. teams in here, that european division who don't deserve to so
0: well anyway none of them are good you've got canada and pool c so let's move on uh, pool d uh oh that one's in phoenix by the way the united states and of course the united states uh will play host to pool d as well you've got puerto rico which is the only non-country country unless Mm -hmm. you want to get political about chinese taipei which i don't uh let's talk about uh puerto rico venezuela dominican republic israel and nicaragua uh all in pool d uh justin it's kind of unfortunate in that canada had a lot of guys who can't make it yeah
1: yeah, but here Zach it is. Pop's not coming, right? Because he wanted to yeah. compete for a roster spot, the Blue Jays. So,
0: no Zach Pop, no, uh, no uh, Josh Naylor. Uh, Bo Naylor will be there, uh, yep. but no Josh. Uh, no Joseph Votto. Uh, nope. Who else are we missing?
1: Is Cal probably going, or is he you know, Cal? No, nope, Cal
0: is there. Okay, Carlos there. So That's he wasn't. He's, but we're pretty much pinning our hopes on him, uh, <laughs> for, as far as pitching goes. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's briefly go through the list. Uh, we'll start off with the manager. Ernie Witt is managing Team Canada. Uh, you know, as is tradition. Uh, then you've got uh, Dennis Boucher, who we talked about last time, uh, entering yeah. the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Greg Hamilton will be one of the coaches. Tim Leeper will be there. Paul Quantrill there's my Paul Quantrill reference I fucking love Paul Quantrill <laughs> uh Paul Quantrill going to be there as a coach and of course uh Hall of Famer Larry Kenneth Robert Walker will be a coach yes. for Team Canada you fucking love to see it love to see it uh just blasting through all the pitchers on this lineup uh you've got I'm only going to mention the guys who you probably know Uh, The Axeman coming out of retirement. That's right. Simcoe, Ontario's own John Axford is unretiring to do this. Uh, That's crazy, but also awesome. Uh, Matt Brash of uh, the Mariners is going. Mitch Bratt of uh, the Texas Rangers minor league system will be there. Uh, Trevor Brigden of Tampa Bay's minor league system. Indigo Diaz uh, for the Yankees minor league system. And then you've got... Uh, Nick Pavetta will be there of the Red Sox. Cal Quantrill, who's pretty much going in, I I, I would argue, as the ace, even though he'll probably only get to pitch once at most. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, I don't know how to pronounce this gentleman's name, Evan Riticki, with a silent J, Ritickia? Yeah,
1: I'm not sure how to say Ooh, that. That's R- a. am R- R- so sorry. Don't know.
0: Uh, he pitches... Uh, In Japan, he's going to be one of the pitchers. And then there's a bunch of minor league players who I don't recognize. Uh, And then you've got uh, Bo Naylor behind the plate from Cleveland. Freddie Freeman. This is the big one. Frederick. We're pretty much pinning all of our hopes on Freddie Freeman hitting (laughs) a home run every at-bat. And even then, uh, it's going to be rough. Uh, And then Otto Lopez.
1: Yeah. Dual citizen. Uh, Otto Lopez, dual citizen.
0: Otto Lopez, born in Santo Domingo, but will represent Canada. Yep. Uh, and then you've got Damiano Palmegiani, uh, who is also in our minor league system, yep. born in Caracas. However, uh, he will represent Canada. He is also a Toronto Blue Jay player. Uh, and then uh, Abraham Toro of the Brewers, Tyler, Tyler O'Neill. O'Neil. Coming in there, hot off that contract signing there. Uh, And uh, Jacob Robson of the Kansas City Monarchs
1: Hmm. uh, will Point One guy you didn't mention at the very top of the list. Did I miss somebody? The pride of North Battle for Saskatchewan, Andrew Albers. He's got a long major league career. Did you know a fun fact? He actually played some games with one of the senior men's league teams in Saskatoon last year because he was rehabbing his shoulder. I didn't know so that. I actually umpired a couple of games that Andrew Alberts played in. He was playing first base because he was did wasn't you pitching ring him
0: yet, up? But... Did you ring him up?
1: No, he was. He's actually a really good hitter. <laughs> Damn, actually, that was unreal hitter. Yeah, could have been so, like no, yeah. I he wrong played him some. Up. He played some first base here last summer just because he was just rehabbing his shoulder. He couldn't pitch. So
0: yeah. yeah now, uh, I mean, I honestly like this is a pretty pretty decent lineup. I think it's about what would be expected for Team Canada given. How many guys uh, opted out? Yeah. Uh, looking at uh, all the players, there are some Jays uh, smattered throughout the other lineups. You've got Jorgeny uh, uh who's in our minor league system playing for the Dutch. Uh, no Sam Roberts. Very curious. No. Uh, maybe he declined. We'll never know. Um, or maybe we will. I don't know. Uh, just know. doing a quick look through all the Got lineups.
1: Vlade and uh, Yemi Garcia right. playing for the Dominican. Uh, Barrios is playing for Puerto Rico, as is uh, Luis Quinones, who's in our minor league system. Also playing. No Jays
0: on Team USA. No. Nope, uh, uh, Alejandro all Kirk will Mino play for Mexico. Play. Yeah, I'll be curious uh, although to see
1: uh, yeah, if, if he actually does. Now that he's waiting for his child, but we'll see how long that, that takes. His baby boy
0: to be... Is it a boy? Do we know? I'm not. Is that what it is? Or certainly. no, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, Bar- Barrios. Luis Quinones, uh, uh, who's also uh, in our minor league system, is going to be pitching for uh, Puerto Rico. Yep. And uh, yeah, Jimmy Garcia, I think you already said. Vladdy. Yep uh i think we hit them all there's there's a healthy representation of jays here and a pretty decent team canada let's let's get down to it though okay we'll start with pool a and we'll leave canada for last who do you see coming out of pool a
1: i'd say chinese taipei taiwan and cuba yeah uh dark horse panama in my opinion
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. That's unfortunate that I I don't have anything else. You know what, though? The Dutch do have some interesting players on their team. they they sure do. (laughs) uh, That I think may, you know, they might. Some
1: great baseball names, too. My God. I always love Dutch names. Like you got Franklin Van Gerp. Like how cool is that? Like that's like the yeah, sickest name of all time. Xander I
0: Bogarts is going to be playing. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Scopes there.
1: Like yeah, Jonathan Johnson Scope. Players. That's Josh right. Josh is playing for the Netherlands.
0: Jerickson Profar is uh, is is also there. Andrelton Simmons is there. A lot of these yep. guys were born in uh, Dutch uh, territories. Yep. You may be wondering yourself uh, why Xander Bogarts. Uh, well, Xander Bogarts was actually born in Aruba.
1: That's correct. Man, Jonathan Scope, a Dutch
0: born term. in Kira, Kira, so, Kira, I apologize. Uh, I really wanted to put in a good effort to pronounce places as best as possible. Um, Josh Palacios was born in Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. but uh, I believe. Angleton
1: Simmons is going to be there, too. So.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, uh, I, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna change my answer. First place, I think will be Cuba in a walk, and then it'll be. Really, uh, I would say
1: Taiwan in a walk first place.
0: No, no, I don't think so. Who, who's your favorite player on Chinese Taipei?
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna try and pronounce any of them. I don't want to make. I don't want to make a mess of it.
0: But, yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm think I think you're we're heavily overrating. I'm gonna say here it is cuba f- will uh take the division or pool a second place will be panama and i think the dutch will be very close okay calling it uh, now good. they got a lot of veteran leadership on that team pool b yeah this is. you got is, japan uh... south korea australia china czech republic this is kind of interesting obviously japan mm, should go undefeated <laughs> uh and real honestly looking at the rest of the teams i th- i believe south korea should be the favorite yeah yeah but. i'd say
1: south korea australia is the dark horse there um
0: good day mate
1: the australian baseball like baseball league. a lot of like a lot of teams some of them will send players there like minor leaguers to get more at bats yeah. During the, the winter, because that's when their summer is. So but I, I'm gonna i I'm gonna stay with Japan first place and then South Korea in second. I think that one's pretty cut and dry.
0: Yep, that's pretty much the logic of it all. Um,
1: yep
0: some of those teams I think China and the Czechs are happy to be there. Uh pool D. We'll skip over Canada right quick to do pool D. This is the sexiest uh, division, I think, of them all yeah, just one's because fun. there's there's a lot of talent. <clears throat> My Picks are going to be the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, but Venezuela will make it very interesting.
1: Yeah. I, uh, if they, if I they think can the, steal a win, man. I think the Dominican's going to win this one for sure. Don't rule out Israel either here. Like, they've got a lot of guys who've got major league experience because there's a lot of uh, Jewish-born players who were either born in the States but uh, are able and to play And they get for the Israel. opportunity
0: they yeah. they get the opportunity to to play for Israel like uh, actually we didn't even go over this.
1: Jock Peterson's there, um, yeah. So he's a he's a big name. Ty Kelly, Blue Jays, uh, my leaguers, Spencer <coughs> Jake Bird. gonna play there, yeah. Uh, Robert Stock, <laughs> Dean Kremer from the Orioles is gonna be there. Uh, we're familiar Alex with Alex Dickerson, him. yeah. So there's Richard Blyer from the Red Sox. Garrett, they have they've got some good studs on this team. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really actually. Could, Ian uh, Kinsler's gonna manage somebody. it. Yeah, Ian Kinsler's managing. Got Kevin, Kevin Uclis,
0: Brad Osmus. Yeah. Man, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm still
1: not. I still don't think they have the pitching depth to make it. I think the Dominican and Puerto Rico have the edge in this one. But Venezuela and Israel are two teams that, if they can steal a win, whoever I think whoever beats the other, if Venezuela and Israel play, I think the winner of that game has a chance at second place. Like, they're not, they're, both of them aren't going to make the playoffs out of this group, because I think yeah. Dominicans just, like, pretty much a guarantee, but if Venezuela or Israel, if the team that wins that game can beat Puerto Rico, then then there's obviously a chance, so.
0: Yeah, I, I would say uh, Nicaragua is probably just happy to be there, so. Yeah,
1: they're just happy to be included.
0: Uh, I think this is the most interesting division. I will, I would be more interested in watching this division than any other division. Interesting. Including the one with Canada, just because i We'll talk about yeah. it in two seconds, but
1: um, yeah, let's get there quick
0: cause I gotta, I gotta leave soon. <laughs> All right. Pool C, you got United States, Mexico, Columbia, Canada, Great Britain. If we're being honest with ourselves and each yeah. other, uh, the United States and Mexico should stomp their way through this division. I don't see Canada getting more than a single win. Uh, I think Great Britain are probably happy to be there. Uh, happy to participate. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of mean for me to to. I don't know, Colombia. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Colombia may not have the talent. They've got some guys in there that are interesting. Harold Ramirez. They've got uh, Julio Tehron who's currently a free agent, or mm-hmm. or has he signed with someone now? I don't think he's. Signed I think he's a minor league deal with the Padres right now, but. Uh, a couple of younger, up and coming players: Jordan Diaz, uh Luis Escobar. There, I don't know. There's some names here: Jose uh, Quintana, uh, Geo Ursula. I don't There's, know, man.
1: I'm saying United States and Mexico because it's the easy answer. I think Canada's got a good chance at third place. They should beat Great Britain, and I believe they can beat Colombia. They would have to beat
0: um, Mexico or the United States, and the other. You have other, to win three games
1: to get second place, so at like,
0: least. And it, and Canada's already. It's a tall order. If yeah. if I'm Canada, though, I would not. I would kind of deliberately, put your weakest starter up against uh, Team USA. I think you just take a knee on that one. I would start Cal Quantrill against Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nick Pavetta against Colombia. Like, I think you really kind of got to game this you gotta as win much those as possible two,
1: for sure. Yeah. You got to win those two,
0: but those I, I think wins. you just kind of leave it up to, like you just kind of almost run a bull, like a bullpen just to screw with the United States. That's really all you can do. Yeah. We'll see. I, I just I don't, mean... I don't see any way that they can win unless they find some magical way to just be infuriating with their pitching. Or,
1: or they like score just, a lot of runs early in the game, you know. It's like,
0: it's... but they won't. The United States is just there's too much firepower. Yeah, I think you. Yeah. I think you just take a knee, to be honest, yeah. and you I just put out, you just put out your weakest starter and your weakest pitchers and save up everybody for Mexico because I think Mexico are the the team you're more likely to defeat, and I think you throw your full weight at Mexico and then, your second best effort against Colombia and you you know hope Mexico drops the game against Columbia or, or you, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I think I that's you. it. Yeah. yeah. I think Canada has uh, maybe a 1% chance of getting into the playoff round. I would say the United States, there's no way unless something weird happens, there's just too much talent on those two teams and there's just no chance. Canada has been a baseball country for many years. However, it's just not a popular sport and there's just not enough. Too many guys opted out. Too many guys opted out. Yep. There's no Jamison Taion on this team. There's no uh, Josh Naylor. We went through the list already. It's just it's it's a it's it's a big ask. It's a really it, it's it's a big yep. ask.
1: It's gonna be interesting to see what happens though. Obviously anything anything can happen any given day. It's like there's the same reason they play 162 games in major league baseball seasons. It's the best team doesn't always win. So.
0: Yes, sir. Um, Who's your pick to win it all?
1: I, I have, I'm gonna say it's the Dominicans year. Th- the States won it last time, but I think uh, I think Vladdy's gonna help carry that Dominican team. He's All right, play really well and and come into the regular season hot because of it. So,
0: are you ready? Because here's Go my pick: it. the winner of the 2023 World Baseball Classic is gonna be Japan. Yeah,
1: that's not surprising. I I can see that too. So, yep, it's either Japan, Dominican or usa
0: i'm just really excited I, I like the idea of international baseball it's just unfortunate that there's not enough depth within the world yeah all right let's wrap that'll it be up it for
1: us yep that'll be it for us today uh, if you like what we do give us a follow on twitter at bfmd podcast you can find the episodes at bfmdpodcast.com spotify apple wherever you get your podcasts from thanks as always for listening for patrick out in nova scotia i'm justin here in saskatchewan we'll see you next time